The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, I've uh, I've appreciated being with you this week, and uh, I thank you for for welcoming me as the substitute. Uh, I know, kind of develop a relationship when there's a a teacher who um, holds holds a group down. uh, um, You get. Um, wedded to to that in in ways that's very meaningful and uh, supportive, and so um, when the new person comes in or something that's uh, a little jarring, and so I'm I'm uh, appreciative of your uh, your uh, generosity in welcoming me, and uh, I hope uh, that some something I've said has ignited some measure of curiosity in your own mind, or sort of like looking, looking. And um, and of course, if I've said anything that's um, trespassed uh, on your heart, or I uh, ask your your understanding. So, um, disciple asked the Buddha, "Tell me, dear sir, how you crossed over the flood." I crossed over the flood without pushing forward, without staying in place. But how, dear sir, did you cross over the flood without pushing forward, without staying in place? The Buddha replies, when I pushed forward, I was whirled about. When I stayed in place, I sank. And so I crossed over the flood without pushing forward, without staying in place neither pushing forward nor staying in place. What does that mean? What what doesn't it have to be one of those, right? Some openness to apparent paradox. And it calls to mind another kind of feels fundamental to me Parent paradox, namely disenchantment with the world and care for the world. The the Buddhist path begins with a kind of um, recognition of the the vulnerability of the human condition of aging, sickness, death, and generally that is. Uh, construed as a problem to be solved, you know, as a kind of condition to be exited, aging, sickness, death. And a lot of the suttas are something like, get me out of here, you know, that that is a real trope in the tradition, get me out of here, like, Aging, sickness, death, separated from what is beloved, joined with what is disliked. This is too much. And so we can understand, get me out of here. And modern interpretations of insight practice often 
kind of celebrate that vulnerability and its associated duty to care yeah because of the intensity of the this realm this realm of samsara there is this duty to care to serve and um i feel we're we're really in the very early phases of extrapolating a lay path from a monastic tradition and that will require innovation you know um that will require innovation in what ways i as a lay person am imitating monastic life or doing something a little different uh and i do sometimes think of myself i'm just like a deeply lazy defiled self-indulgent monk you know that would be one way of construing my life it's maybe not the most inspiring but it's like okay what is what is a lay path you know like that deeply honors this monastic lineage Lay life is often about um redeeming samsara in one way or another redeeming it and monastic life is about renouncing samsara and can a kind of disenchantment with samsara and a love of the human condition can these coexist can they fit together we don't um grow much on this path unless there's some measure of renunciation of renouncing the world of some vega yeah of spiritual urgency and disenchantment this is uh tenisro biku on some vega Samvega was what uh the young prince Siddhartha felt on his first exposure to aging sickness and death. It's a hard word to translate because it covers such a complex range, at least three clusters of feelings at once. The oppressive sense of shock, dismay, and alienation that comes with realizing the futility and meaninglessness of life as it's normally lived. a chastening sense of our own complacency and foolishness in having let ourselves live so blindly and an anxious sense of urgency in trying to find a way out of the meaningless cycle buddhism is not only confident that it can handle the feelings of samvega but it's one of the few religions that actively cultivates them to a radical extent its solutions to the problems of life demand so much dedicated effort that only strong samvega will keep the practicing buddhists from slipping back into their old ways mm. we we can we can live our life sort of mesmerized by samsara from cradle to grave mesmerized by the sticks and carrots of samsara and 
we can be kind of perpetually seduced into fixing and achieving and becoming and acquiring and owning. And then it's time to die and everything is broken. Nothing can be fixed. Nothing is owned. Ajahn Sajita said the hardest question for the human is what's enough? Because you can always want more. And so this movement of the heart, this disenchantment, we we become um, very conscious of the ways that this realm cannot bring deep happiness, that samsara cannot bring deep happiness. We don't seek our redemption in certain places. We are not trying to build a refuge out of pleasure. We give up trying to build houses on quicksand. We give up trying to make a home out of our identities. We practice diligently and make choices accordingly. And in a way, we do get nauseated by samsara, disenchanted by samsara. And we fall in love with sentient beings. We fall in love with sentient beings. In a way, one only wants to escape samsara. The the Buddha, the you know, this like beautiful lineage of monastic practice. They only wanted to escape samsara because they cared so deeply about suffering. That's what prompted this kind of movement of the heart, like, get me out of here. That's a function of our care, our care about suffering. Zigar Kangtro Rinpoche says, uh, you cannot stop having deep love and care for sentient beings if you really want to suffer no longer within your own self-centered emotions, secretly, you have to fall in love with sentient beings. So this is, um, this is the middle path between uh, everything means everything and nothing means ever- anything. The middle path between everything means everything, nothing means anything. When everything means everything, you just can't stop caring, giving, worrying, can't justify even a moment of rest. When nothing means anything, uh, love dissolves and all Goodness is at risk. And so we we kind of loosen 
our grip on samsara. We loosen our grip on the world, but this actually dramatizes the plight of sentient beings, dramatizes the plight of humanity. And maybe it's like we we get um, we get space through our letting go, right? But as said, like nature abhors a vacuum. We get space through our letting go, and then that space is filled with care, with love, and we know that we will never perfect samsara. Samsara will, will not be perfected. But yeah, this, this, this little patch of suffering, I want to do something about that. It's kind of like what, you know, what else are we going to do? Ria Khan said, um, oh, that my monk's robe were wide enough to gather up all the suffering people in this floating world. And we know the robe will never be wide enough. But, uh, oh, that it were so. So, um, so thank you. Um, yeah, appreciate the chance to um, uh, to talk about these things with you. And um, it occurs to me that you know, as I've been theme of this week of kind of one factor balancing another factor, um. I need to be balanced by another factor. And that is why Gil is coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so thank you. Uh, thank you all. Thanks for your attention and goodwill and uh, your practice. And um, um, yeah, okay. Just open the chats and. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you, thanks, uh, thanks all. Yeah, good to be with you.